VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the Game World Cup Daily from The Times. I'm Natalie Sawyer and thank you for joining us. We're here every match day of the World Cup, podcasting after 10 o'clock UK time every night. And we now know half of the draw for the last 16. France and Denmark both progressed to the knockout stages after the first goalless draw of this World Cup. Gab Marcotti drew the short straw for that one and will be joining us later to try and make that game sound a little bit more interesting. If anyone can, Gab can. Uh, in the studio with me, the man who's been boggling your minds and mine as well with his nightly trivia teasers. It's Bill Edgar. Hi, Bill. Hi, Natalie. And in Moscow, the chief sports reporter for The Times, Martin Ziegler. Hello, Martin. Hi, Natalie. How are you doing? All good, all good. Only one place to start then, and that is with Group D. A late volley from Marcos Rojo kept Argentina in the World Cup. The Manchester United defender struck the winner against Nigeria with four minutes to go to spare Jorge Sampaoli's blushes and send the two-time winners through as group runners-up. Iceland are also out after they lost 2-1 to group winners Croatia. It really was an incredible atmosphere in St. Petersburg. Diego Maradona, the main cheerleader as ever in the crowd, uh, X-rated at times, has to be said. So, Martin, did Argentina and Sao Paulo get out of jail? Yeah, I think they, they barely deserved it, um, to be honest. They, it was their sort of predictable turn of events, Messi scoring, then Argentina playing really badly as they have all World Cup. Um, Nigeria getting back into it, and then there's a lot of so unpleasant play-acting, I thought, by um, some of the Nigerians desperate to win, and then um, finally, a couple of minutes in time, Nigeria's hearts with a, with a, with a very good goal, as it has to be said, from, from Marcos Rojo. Certainly an unexpected source of the goal, but um, he, he did really well. So, um, you know, well done to him, but Argentina's very lucky, I think. Uh, Bill, yeah, another unconvincing performance from Argentina. They get the win, but we're still not seeing that Argentina we always look out for and hope to see. No, we're not. I mean, uh, you look at the tournament as a whole, all the the first four groups now, in each case, the the two expected teams have gone through. But uh, in Argentina's case, it's very, uh, very, uh, well, they, they've just scraped through with a minus two goal difference. I mean, it, it's their... Their lack of running off the ball, I thought, was really, really strange. A, a player would 
be running up the wing and there'd be just very few options open to him and so there was very little plan I mean it was a, a an improvement at least on the match against Croatia which is hardly uh, hardly difficult but, but looking at it from uh, Lionel Messi's point of view he was up against in Iceland he, he actually I thought he played actually quite well but he's just up against 10 really good defenders uh, then the next game against Croatia uh, he, he had nine poor teammates and couldn't do much T today was slightly better um, and of course he got the, the, the first goal which is uh, very well taken but even so he's got a, a long way to go to reach his best Well if you believe reports uh, the players have taken control of this team from the manager uh, Martin it's going to be difficult isn't it for Sampaoli to claim any credit for this victory Yeah I mean it certainly looked like the way um, Messi was talking at half time um, reports coming out of the camp saying it's basically Messi and um, Mascherano who are calling the shots. I think Sam Pally is just uh, he's just sort of picking over on borrowed time until the tournament's over. I mean, I can't see him going very far. Uh, that will probably be the, uh, the the kiss of life for them. Have me having predicted that they'll <laughs> end up in the final. But um, yeah, I yeah, but I just don't see how they can you know when they come up against a good team like Croatia or sort of that sort of, that sort of real how they can actually get things together because they look so disjointed. I mean, one of the stars, of course, in the Argentina side is Lionel Messi. Everyone always focuses on him when he's involved in the international side. He did get that first goal for Argentina. So, Bill, I suppose in some ways, good to see him get that goal. Um, it was, yes. And uh, especially how he's uh, had to face the comparisons with Ronaldo so far in this competition. I mean, those com those comparisons aren't really fair. Ronaldo's, I think he's got seven goals to Messi's six at World Cups now, so it's fairly close. And they played roughly the same number of minutes, but uh, Messi has created about twice as many chances. He's, he's uh, delivered more than twice as many dribbles as Ronaldo. So I mean, lots of different ways you can measure uh, performance. Um, but certainly look at the last World Cup... Uh, uh, Messi did very well, but uh, on their run to the final, this time um, it's a long way to go. He he must just wish he was with his Barcelona teammates. I mean, they're a, a genuine team. He, you know, he knows what's going on now. He's just running with the ball, and there's so little cohesion, so little plan. Um, and of course, the the team has has changed around quite a bit, um, given how badly they've been doing. So they've not really been able to develop any. Uh, understanding uh, amongst each other so uh, we'll have to see what happens against France. It's interesting you say uh, lack of plan that's something that Diego Maradona has mentioned he's been critical of Sampaoli for that very same reason but when we look at the average age of Argentina's starting 11 it was 30. Javier Mascherano he's had a bad night and he's 34 so are they just a little bit too old this side? Um, they are old, but uh, in theory, they've got a, a, a decent uh, group of individuals who should certainly be doing a lot better uh, than they have done so far. Obviously, with Messi leading the way. Uh, poor old uh, Aguero didn't even uh, uh, play today. Di Maria had a, a, a poor game. There was slightly more, more solidity about them. Against Croatia, they just had three at the back. It was almost like two conventional fullbacks and one centre-back, uh, Otamendi. At least today they had a more conventional 
uh, back four with those same two wide defenders playing as uh, again as conventional fullbacks, but with Rojo coming in to join Otamendi, so it did give them a did they weren't quite so horribly open as they were against Croatia. Of course, the bonus was that uh, Rojo came in got the late winning goal. Uh, Martin, you were watching France today. We'll have more on them later on. But it will be France versus Argentina on uh, Saturday in Kazan. It's a mouth-watering tie on paper, but it is fair to say both teams have been underwhelming at this uh, World Cup. Yeah, I mean, actually, France have done what they need to do. I mean, they've been accused of boring, which I think is fair given the sort of players they've got. I mean, they've, you know, they've got some cracking players, but it's just... Not particularly, it's not particularly been interesting. I mean, hopefully now they are up against um, some good attackers that they'll open up a bit themselves and they'll be a bit more, show a bit more of their own flair. Um, on paper, you thought that'd be that, you know, before the World Cup, they thought, oh, what a great time that is. Um, I think it's going to be a really interesting one. Um, just hope that it's a bit more interesting and, uh, and so, I mean, it can't be less interesting than the Denmark game today, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, Bill, it could be Messi versus Ronaldo in the quarterfinals. And uh, considering their huge rivalry, uh, this will be, what, their first ever meeting in international football? In a uh, first competitive meeting, yeah. yes. I, th- I think they've had one meeting in a friendly. Um, but, of course, they've met uh, hundreds of times, it seems, uh, in Spain, Real Madrid against Barcelona. So they've certainly had experience of playing against each other, but this would be their first competitive meeting. And of course, it would be uh, a winner takes all. It's not a group game. It's whoever wins goes through and whoever loses goes home. And Bill, a word on Croatia, who have won the group. Uh, to win three games out of three in a group containing Argentina, Nigeria and Iceland, that's very impressive. Yeah, very impressive. I mean, there were comfortable wins against Nigeria and Argentina. You know, not no hint of streakiness. And then even today, they made nine changes against Iceland, and uh, they still managed to pull off the win. So, so yeah, they've done brilliantly. Uh, Martin, before we let you go, England currently lead Belgium in Group G by virtue of receiving fewer yellow cards. And I, I understand you've been speaking to uh, FIFA about the possibility of lots. Yes, yeah, so it, it, I mean it, it could be that it, say if the match ends a draw um, and England pick up a, another yellow card, Belgium don't pick up any, then they'll be exactly the same in terms of points, goal difference, goal scored, and their disciplinary record. So in which case it would be um, about 15 minutes after the final whistle, there, there would be a draw takes place in Moscow at the Luzhniki Stadium. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be televised live, and it would be. Uh, a draw to see who um, finishes top of the group and who finishes second. Oh, goodness me, that'll have us all uh, biting our fingernails just to know that from uh, from lots. But if you um, go to the times.co.uk, you can also see, Martin, you went back and looked at all 15 VAR reviews so far in this World Cup to see if the right call was made on each. So what did you find out? Yeah, so including the, the one tonight at Argentina, it is, it is 15 and... Basically, I think there's been 14 correct calls. I mean, some of them are subjective. Um, and then there's been a few people who have argued either way. But I think um, there's only one which is, is like a, looks like a, a, real, a real mistake, and that was the, the uh, penalty awarded to Iran last night at the match I was at. So, and I, so in all the others, the, the referee um, or the VAR review, the formal review, has basically got it right. And there have been some quite um, significant injustices have been prevented. There was a dive by Neymar for a penalty. 
um, that there have been a couple of offside goals that were given offside, but actually they weren't offside, so that those goals stood. So I think basically it's worked. I and mean, if you just focus on the one mistake, I think then you, you miss out on the benefits of the VAR. As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. The Game. World Cup Daily from The Times with Natalie Sawyer. You can hear live commentary of all of Wednesday's games on TalkSport. It starts in Group F with South Korea taking on Germany at 3 o'clock on TalkSport, with Mexico versus Sweden at the same time on TalkSport 2. Then at 7 in Group E, Serbia face Brazil on TalkSport, while the clash between Switzerland and Costa Rica is live on TalkSport 2. Group C has been settled with France and Denmark going through after the first goalless draw of this tournament. Denmark knew a loss coupled with an Australian win could have seen the Socceroos through to the last 16. But as it turned out, Denmark were never in danger. Peru put Australia to the sword, winning by two goals to nil, which meant the Danes could have even lost and still gone through. Gab Marcotti joins us now. Um, What effect did that have on the match in Moscow, Gab? Well, look, I mean, I think even going into the game, it was pretty obvious that they could rather suit both teams. And, you know, when you saw Didier Deschamps' lineup, seven changes that he made, you know, he took it as like an opportunity to give some of the guys that played as much, you know, a run out, and it kind of deflated everything. And then when we got news uh, that Peru had taken the lead, well, then the air really went out of the tires. And I'll tell you what, see, the crowd knew it. You were there inside the Luzhniki Stadium. Uh, there seemed to be a lot of boos at that full-time whistle. Yeah, and I think it was mostly the neutrals, uh, as was evidenced by the fact that that we heard those, you know, Russia, Russia chants um, throughout the game. So these things happen uh, with this sort of format. If you're a neutral, yeah, I think you might be a little bit annoyed, but you could also turn around and say, if you're a neutral who's a Russian fan and you've got those category D tickets, you would have paid about 17 quid for them, so maybe you might not be that annoyed, and if you're a neutral who bought the category A tickets at like 180 quid a pop, then, you know, it's kind of like, those were the risks, those are the risks that you run, right? Well, let's focus now on the France team, and uh, players like Usman Dembele and Thomas Lamar, uh, they didn't really grasp their chance, did they, to claim a regular starting place? No, I was, I think, Dembele, you saw him in Simon Spurts. I thought this was a game where he really could have done a lot more, also because, you know, he was up against Larson, who's, you know, somebody who you would think he could get the better of uh, time and again. I think, especially with France playing with Giroud up front, you know, you would expect that that sort of Dembele to, to Giroud combination, you know, should be so effective. But instead, no, we saw very little of, of that. 
Um, we saw very little of, of, of Sidibe behind him, who's you know supposed to be more attacking than uh, than Pavard, who started the first two games. Lamar, I, I thought, just kind of looked lost. Uh, uh, he had a couple spurts, but that was it. He was really affected, I think, as well by the pace of the game. And the other thing, Natalie, N'Golo Conte and Steven and Zonzi, sort of this, this bizarre little and large combination in the middle of the park, if you play those two guys together, you have a problem in that you've got two guys who can't pass um, or create anything. And then that puts the onus on the guys further forward. And if Griezmann isn't creating either and, and Lamar is running into blind alleys, you know, he's just not going to do very, very much. And, and, and that was the case here. And, and I think Denmark also probably, you know, pretty content in playing for the draw. Uh, they played Christensen uh, in midfield, whereas he played center back in the first two games. Um, and uh, and he was pretty effective, I thought, against Griezmann. So what kind of shape are Didier Deschamps' team heading into the uh, next round? Well, it's hard to tell on the basis of today. On the basis of what we saw before, you know, they have a very talented lineup. You know, I think Pogba has to be in midfield uh, to be able to, to, to get certain things done. Um, other spots might be more up to grabs. You know, I mean, Les Matuidi, uh, who we use in a wide position, you know, against certain opponents, he might wish to be more attacking. Uh, and again, you could see Dembele getting back in there. But overall, I think this is, this is the lineup now. Um, he seems really wed to Griezmann, even though Griezmann hasn't actually played 90 minutes since uh, May 3rd and the return they get the Europa League semi-final against Arsenal. But you know, the wonderful thing is, if you're Didier Deschamps, is if you want to make a change, you know, you've got the big guns, right? You've got Mbappe to come in. You've got uh, Fakir to come in. You know, you've got so many guys on the bench that can save games for you. Um, what's been a problem for him in the past is with all these options, he sort of second-guessed himself and he's, he's changed things around and tinkered when perhaps he didn't need to. I think that could be his undoing. Um, if, he, if he looks at this and he doesn't think that you know, France can naturally raise the game in, in the next couple outings and if he feels the need to go and, uh, and, and sort of play manager, um, then he could backfire. So that's France. What about Denmark? How do they compare to some of the other teams in the last 16 gap? Well, probably Denmark is, is the problem that you have with these teams that have kind of like a limited talent pool where, you know, you've got very good players in certain positions. Obviously, Christian Eriksen pulling the, the creative strings. Um, you know, at the back, well, Christensen played defensive midfield. Whether he's there at centre-back with Simon Kerr, you've got, you know, you've got experience, you've got Schmeichel and goals, a solid keeper. But then you've got, you know, these other positions. Uh, this one here, Braithwaite, who started today, He's super fast, but really can't do anything with the ball at his feet. And then the flying field and assist, though, was a good story. United fans may remember him. He scored home and away against United in the Europa League for, for Michelin a couple of years ago. Um, he's like a ball of energy. He can beat people out of nothing. Um, but again, he's somebody who, as I today, had a really, really poor game uh, and, and was really disappointing. And Ericsson, obviously, relative to what he does for Tottenham, he's expected to do more here. I think he kind of flips in and out of games. He's got you know, players with different skill sets around, and they, they have sort of these big center forwards, and, and Cornelius, who some people may remember from his brief uh, appearances at Cardiff. They have Nikolai Jorgensen, who's sort of another lump. I don't think Ericsson necessarily enjoys playing with strikers like that. 
and so he tends to move around more, tends to kind of, you know, use himself in games a little bit. I mean, it would take a lot for them to get, I think, to the quarterfinals. Well, talking about the the round of 16 then, before those uh, quarterfinals, they have been Denmark defensively solid and they'll need to be on Sunday, won't they, in Nizhny Novgorod when they take on Croatia? Yeah, what, what I would say about Croatia, and, and I'm going to that game, by the way, is, you know, Croatia thus far has run an emotion. Um, I've said that Croatia can be really inconsistent and, and they have been inconsistent in the past. We've not seen it in this tournament. I'm curious to see how tonight's game um, affects them with, uh, with obviously, the, the manager making, making so many changes. But, yeah, on the surface of it, Croatia, more match winners and probably a more, a more battle-hardened uh, uh, team as well. And, and, and obviously, top to bottom, more, more quality than uh, uh, certainly than, than Denmark. And while we've got you, Gab, we've got to have a quick word for Peru. And their captain, Paolo Guerrero, was on the score sheet after so nearly being unable to play at this World Cup. That's right. My man, Paolo Guerrero, I was so happy for him, um, you know, given given the ordeal that he went through. Uh, and, and I'm sure you can see it and look up what happened. But, um, I mean, simply put, well, the whole thing was just was just absurd. And uh, Korea has been fantastic. They've been one of those teams, I think, like Morocco, deserves more out of this tournament. And... Uh, you know, these are teams that are going going home that maybe weren't familiar to many people, especially in, in Europe. But I think they show that you know that there is quality in this good football, you know, outside the, the usual familiar faces from uh, from Europe and uh, in South America. The game World Cup daily from the Times with Natalie Sawyer. We'll be giving you a Times trivia teaser question every day on every podcast as provided by the one and only Bill Edgar. Uh, last time out, we asked you, Harry Kane is the fourth player to have scored a World Cup hat-trick that included two penalties. Who was the first player to do so? Bill, I racked my brains. I couldn't come up with the answer. Please put me out of my misery. Well, the first one was the great Eusebio, who did so against North Korea in the 1966 quarterfinals when Portugal came back to beat North Korea 5-3. There you go, everyone. What about our teaser today? This is it. There haven't been many first-half goals in World Cup finals in the last 40 years. In fact, since 1982, more than half of the first-half goals in World Cup finals have been scored by one player, who is that player? I'm going to read that one to you again because it's a, quite a tough one. Uh, there haven't been many first half goals in World Cup finals in the last 40 years. In fact, since 1982, more than half of the first half goals in World Cup finals have been scored by one player. Who is that player? Bill, you've done it again. Stumped. Tune into our next podcast to find out the answer. There is all to play for in Groups E and F on Match Day 14. In Group E, Brazil and Switzerland hold the advantage on four points with Serbia a point adrift. Costa Rica are out. It is Serbia who take on Brazil. Brazil's performances so far have been a little surprising, Bill. They just haven't seemed to get out of first gear yet. No, they haven't like a lot of the big teams, of course. Brazil will hope that uh, they can follow Follow the, the big teams in groups A to D, many of whom have uh, not had it all their own way, but they've managed to get over the finishing line and reach the last 16. Brazil are at least going in the right direction. They've uh, had a draw against Switzerland in the first game and then they 
had the the two nil win over Costa Rica with the two late goals. So the momentum is with them, and uh, they should be able to get the draw at least against Serbia, which would see them through. Do you give Serbia any chance of reaching the knockout stages for the first time as what would be as an independent nation? Yeah, uh, not too much, no. I mean, it was such a demoralising night when they lost to Switzerland 2-1 last Friday. They'd Having taken the lead and then they were picked back and then, of course, Switzerland got the winner and it was right at the end, the 90th minute, and on top of that, there was even the the crowing on the on the political level of uh, Shakiri and uh, Xhaka. I mean, it was a it was the, the worst possible uh, evening. So against Brazil, uh, they'll probably need to win. Um, it, it seems very unlikely. Well, you mentioned Switzerland. They face Costa Rica in Nizhny Novgorod, knowing they'll be through with a win. Uh, they've been a resilient side in Russia, haven't they? Finding a way back in both their matches so far, despite having been a goal down. Costa Rica have lost both their matches, yet to score. So this game just points to a Switzerland win, doesn't it? Yes, I think so. I'd, Switzerland, they've looked really, really good. They're, they're such a well-organised side to the there's great shape about them um, and Shakiri, uh, he was quiet in the first game against Brazil I thought but he really came on against uh, Serbia he was outstanding he was at his very best um, and uh, I, I can only see uh, a Switzerland win Those matches by the way will be available on ITV Wednesday evening Well the afternoon encounters come from Group F with all the teams still in with a shout of qualifying uh, The holders Germany face South Korea knowing defeat would see them eliminated at the group stage for the first time in their history. Germany will still be on a high no doubt after their late win over Sweden and Wednesday is a chance to show the tournament they have arrived while South Korea who need to win and hope Sweden lose to Mexico will be buoyed perhaps knowing that Germany have looked vulnerable in Russia. Do you agree with that? I, I guess so. South Korea at least have that thought that Germany have struggled a bit. On the other hand, there was a, a certain inevitability, I thought, about Germany uh, uh, scoring against uh, Sweden, getting that late winner. The last 15 minutes, it was really incredible. They'd stuck uh, Timo Werner out on the left. For instance, he had been as a, uh, a striker, and he was suddenly the you know the best winger and wing performance of the tournament. He was just uh, every time that Kroos or Boateng, who's who's suspended, of course, Boateng, but those two were knocking it out wide to Werner, who's taking the ball getting past the defender at will, putting it across, and they could have scored a number of times, even though, of course, they were down to 10 men for the last uh, few minutes. So really, I I must say, I think Germany were looking ominously good. So uh, I'd, I'd expect them to win. Well, let's focus on the other match then. The group leader is Mexico. They know a point will be enough to see them through in top spot. Sweden will need to better Germany's result to qualify. So, Bill, who's going to be advancing through to the last 16 from Group F? I guess you have to say uh, Mexico would go through with Germany. They've looked uh, very good on the counter-attack, you know, really entertaining to watch. A bit like uh, Mexico and Colombia, both uh, very entertaining, high-speed counter-attacks. So it would be, be nice as a neutral to see both of those teams through and uh, I'd imagine they should get uh, at least a draw against Sweden. So I'll say uh, Mexico and Germany to go through. Well, you can see all those games from Group F on the BBC with kickoff at three. And uh, Matthew Side will be joining me on the next podcast in the studio. You can read his latest column for The Times where he suggests the hyping up of Gareth Southgate will inevitably lead to the destruction of Southgate by the media should England fail. Uh, we build them up to knock them down. 
What are your thoughts on that, Bill? Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Whether we build people up deliberately so that we can knock them down, I, I'm not really sure. But uh, the public like the idea of uh, people being put on a, a pedestal um, so it, it's the, the tempting thing to say or to write about you know uh, to say Southgate is doing very well and it's a great uh, there's great optimism in the camp I mean it, it, it's quite normal to put an optimistic spin on uh, England's campaign as it gets going and of course it does help that uh, when uh, there is a temptation once everybody is saying oh isn't isn't it great the temptation is to dive in and point out where everybody else has been wrong and missed all the flaws in the system so so then you can pile in and really uh, knock somebody down whether it would happen with Southgate I don't know certainly the, the England team if they put in a couple of bad displays now say knocked out by Japan or Senegal or whatever then I'm, I'm sure they'd absolutely be destroyed in the media whether Southgate himself uh, would, I don't know. I just get the feeling that um, managers, it's not like 30 years ago where Bobby Robson got absolutely slaughtered over and over and over again. Graham Taylor, of course, did. It seems to be slightly different. Uh, Roy Hodgson never really got much personal uh, stick. And I, I'm, I'm not sure if Gareth Southgate uh, would. I think maybe the the, the days of the personal attacks uh, a, a, a sort of uh, in the past or certainly they're not as strong as they used to be That's it for now Many thanks to my guests today Bill Edgar Martin Ziegler and Gab Marcotti Subscribe to The Times and The Sunday Times to enjoy award-winning journalism online and on your smartphone or tablet For a limited time only it is just a pound a month for your first three months Search The Times Sale for more information Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast supplier We'll be back on Wednesday when we'll know if the world champions are staying in Russia See you then The game is brought to you by The Times. For more information and more podcasts from The Times, head to thetimes.co.uk. As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.